I V M. Hello and welcome to the Wire Talks. I'm Siddharth Bhatia. The income tax rates, or rather surveys as it they have been called, on the offices of the BBC in Delhi and Mumbai have been seen in India and internationally as the government's reaction to the documentary films on the Gujarat riots and then on the central rule of the Narendra Modi government. The films angered the Modi government, which quickly moved to ensure that the social media did not show them. Students trying to see them in their colleges were picked up by the police. For the media, it is a chilling message that criticism of the government and of the Prime Minister will not be tolerated. Our guest today, Satish Jacob, worked with the BBC in their India offices for a very long time. He was a familiar name to radio listeners during the period when the BBC was a very reliable source of information in the country since radio and then television in India were government-controlled. Satish covered uh, the Punjab uh, violence and then Operation Blue Star. He's covered Sri Lanka and he's covered several more important and significant news stories of the era. Welcome to the Wire Talk, Satish Jacob. Thank you. As an old BBC hand, how did you react when you first heard the news that the offices of the BBC in Delhi and Mumbai had been raided? Well, it came, it flashed on the television screen. And it was uh, in the morning, quite early in the morning. And as my habit is that I first thing I look at the television in the morning, just to see what are the main stories. And it was flashed on uh, NDTV that uh, the BBC offices have been sealed and um, nobody's allowed to go in. And the, their phones and their laptops have been, have been seized by the income tax people and this and what the flash was coming on the on the television was that they, they are it is an inspection and it is not a raid so they were calling it as an in, inspection and they said it was going to go on for three days and that was the first thing i heard and i was quite a little bit taken aback not very terribly surprised unfortunately because uh, i'm sorry to say that uh, the way that this government behaves, they just go uh, to uh, either to the Supreme Court or they go to the income tax people or, or something like that, and then they can control everything. And after that, nobody knows what's going on inside. So we tried to talk to the BBC present staff, and all the phones were switched off. So they were not available. But that was my first thing that this is something is happening. But I, one thing I knew. I must share that with you. Having worked with BBC for so long uh, as a deputy bureau chief, I knew that they cannot find any hanky-panky simply because the whole money the BBC spends anywhere, the money comes from the government. So there can't be any, they don't, they are not, there are no profit and loss at all. BBC is not a commercial radio. It is it is neither it is the government it is independent but they don't have to worry about the funds the funds come from the government of britain so i didn't know what they were looking for no so are you implying that uh, because it is government funded uh, see the income tax has said that there is possible uh, questionable practices 
are you saying that because it comes from the government there couldn't be any kind of accountant accountancy hanky panky is that your suggestion no. you see the thing is the accountants are there they look at the expenses because they have to have a record how much money is being spent but as as a commercial organization bbc is not a commercial organization they are not into profit and loss and i was be surprised that what they are going to look for it and after the three days the, the income tax people didn't say anything what they found nothing i couldn't understand what they they, they didn't find anything so are you surprised they use the income tax in this particular case because there are all kinds of other bodies too absolutely that they use income tax and i i had a bit of a joke also uh thinking that probably they think that it is a commercial organization bbc is not a commercial organization there is no profit and loss thing here the the money comes to us from the government funds and we spend the money for operations for you know running operations because we have staff we we have uh, uh electronics equipment we have got cars and everything but it is all recorded or uh, you know the registered because the accountant keep uh, a tag on the on the expenses but we are not worried about profit and loss we don't have any profit and loss business in bbc at all you said something very interesting in the beginning of this uh, answer that you were a bit taken aback but not really surprised why do you say that well i was not surprised because what i have been um, experiencing as a journalist i'm i'm not a active journalist anymore but every second day i find that anyone who says anything against the government within a day either the uh, income tax people are, are are there to look what is going on or some other agency goes on so one agency or the other or all very very powerful agencies including the supreme court including income tax everything you remember that uh, mrs gandhi uh, sonia gandhi and uh, and rahul were taken to uh, to the agency which looks after the look after the foreign currency ed ed and they were grilled for three days both sonia and uh, and uh, rahul so we know that they they must be trying to find out where they i think it must have been the national herald and they must have been trying to look how much money they have gobbled up from national herald or something like that but in every case somebody is arrested so either the income tax department is there or the people who look after the foreign exchange or this thing so we we were not surprised that they have they have sealed up the everything and they are looking into everything in bbc to see that what are the loopholes where where what they have done with the money you know that kind of thing but after 3 days there was no official statement or any elaborate statement to say what they found or what they didn't find they were mostly um uh, their statement were not very significant so we knew they didn't find much so so your your suggestion is i mean i'm just encapsulating it your suggestion is that if you are in any way as far as media houses are concerned if you are in any way i'm just summing it up you are free to uh, deny it uh, if you are a media agency media organization which is in opposition to this government you will find some agency at your doorstep absolutely it 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 keeps on happening you know 
I don't know why. Uh, I find it unfortunate in the sense that media should be independent. Media should be fair, frank, and the government uh, should let media work the way they work. But now I think there is a fear in the hearts of the journalists that they are very careful what they are going to say on the uh, on television. I have watched many senior journalists who are asked point blank questions, straight questions uh, by India Today or um, NDTV or any other channel. The the person who is who the anchor has asked the question, he is always shifting here and there and trying to think in his mind that he should be non-committal or didn't say anything which will annoy the administration. So it looks to me that uh, though, although the government has not openly said to any any television channels or companies that you bear be careful or they didn't say that if you say anything against the government, we will take action. They haven't said that. But journalists have got the message that they have to be careful what they say. And the latest example is today. This guy Jha, uh, a spokesman from the Congress Party. I, I saw television for a very few seconds. That Pawan Khera. Pawan Khera. Pawan Khera. Said something, uh, you know, very bluntly, something like that. And then uh, the next thing we heard was that there's going to be action against him. And even one channel said that orders have been given for his arrest. So anything can happen to a journalist. And of course, he overstepped. I mean, I must say Kera was a little bit too much, whatever he said. I mean, he was also... No, but 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 Satish, Satish, you work for the BBC. I mean, BBC constantly carries entertainment and other shows, even in their news. They they say all kinds of things, isn't it? Yes, yes, I know that. But looking at, at the present situation in India, the way Kerasa went on, uh, I thought that he was asking for trouble, in a way, because of the situation I'm saying, unfortunately. And uh, I don't know. Well, now, uh, it, it, some spokesman for the Congress Party said that, that Kera has apologized. I don't know whether the apology is accepted or not, whether any action will be taken against him. But I was just, just giving you an example. that they, they, they are so quick to react to anything which they think is amiss or, or rude about the administration or the government. Uh, tell me, uh, now the many examples that you have given about, there are many examples of media houses being raided. We are aware of that. But we are talking of domestic journalists, domestic media houses. The BBC is a foreign body. This is the first time, you know, Well, by this government. Yes, it, I don't know. It, it is a foreign body, yes. But BBC has been working in India for so many years. And we behave just like any journalist in India behave. We, we don't say that, we don't feel that we, have, we work for a foreign agency or for a foreign broadcasting house. We just say that we are media. But now, whether you are Indian media or not, everybody is conscious of the fact that you have to be careful how you, what you say. So people have become conscious of that. So uh, tell me, I mean, in your experience, you are not a practicing journalist, but surely you are in touch with journalists. Does this mean for that other foreign correspondents, New York Times, Economist, German newspapers or French newspapers. I read some articles in the French newspapers. They are pretty strong. Do they all have to start worrying? Well, I don't know. I mean, they don't have to start worrying because 
they are foreigners or maybe they must be thinking one thing that the worst can happen to them is that the government doesn't like their their reporting uh, and uh, uh, they are blunt about their criticism of the government functioning or that the, the worst thing can happen to them they will be told to pack up and go so they are not worried too much about it they are not going to put in they are not going to be put in jail if that was the case then the after the bbc documentary there would have been a legal action against the against the bbc but there were no legal action against the bbc just because they are um for an agency so satish i was trying to kind of hold back uh, on the documentary because the government clearly said the income tax department also said the government clearly said that this has nothing to do with the documentary uh every newspaper in the world uh every newspaper in india has said this comes days after the documentary and has implied that it is a reaction to the documentary what do you think i also think that this is a reaction uh to the script of the documentary and when we know you know and i know that uh, our prime minister mr modi is uh, a person who is a good man you know but i don't think that he can tolerate any criticism from any radio or television we all know that and, uh, and even if they are careful but they criticize or attack the government there will be a reaction against them it has happened so many times in it so we all know that he is he is bit uh, to use the word intolerant of any criticism of his own role or of his own performance as the as the prime minister and this documentary i have not seen the documentary maybe you have but all i know is that this documentary is made from the um, from the archives a bbc archives what happened in 2002 in gujarat so they have taken a lot of things from the archive including some interviews with mr narendra modi when he was the chief minister of gujarat they 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 are talking about uh, people who died in the in the in godra the incident at the godra railway station that some people died because the compartment caught fire and many people who are coming from ayodhya were killed inside because of the fire um after that um, many journalists they traveled to 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 gujarat to cover the story including uh, your friend uh, rajiv sardesai and uh, i also went there for four five days and when this that guy what was the name of yunus jafri is how that society housing society where he lived and he was uh, attacked outside on the gates of the society and he died there but that was put the blame was put on the people according to the agency they said that the people were furious with jafri because he said something critical about the government and and they were he was beaten to death but there were several other incidents and we all were there and uh, there was i don't recall any severe action against any journalist but journalists were they, they didn't have the access to senior government officials you just couldn't walk into anybody's office and say sir tell us what is going on which used to be the norm in the old days for all journalists they could go if you have a, a accreditation with you that you are a proper journalist you could go to any senior officer and say a look something has happened uh, tell us what has happened and what do you have to say about it 
But in those days, nobody was allowed. There were no access to any journalist to go to any senior official. So there were so many things there. We'll be right back after this short break. Welcome back to the Wire Talks. No, the documentary, what parts I've seen before it was shut down, is just a collection of facts that you and I already know, every Indian knows. But when it came out uh, just now, um, 20, 20 years later, there was a severe reaction. The documentary cannot be shown on social media. It has not been banned, by the way. Uh, it cannot. Yeah, no, it cannot be shown. But documentary gets made by one department of the BBC in London, not shown in India, and a survey is conducted in the BBC offices in Delhi, and the journalists are not allowed to leave for two or three days. So. Cause and effect, shall we see cause and effect here? Yes, we can. You see, what I think, uh, why the government has reacted this way, and this is the first time that they have banned a documentary. Uh, my, my feeling is there could be two reasons. One reason is that um, Prime Minister Modi has been chosen as the head of the G20, and the G20 is going to take place, their meeting is going to take place very shortly. So. There must have been some worry that if they were, if they had not stopped, if they had not banned the documentary and everybody had seen it, then there could have been some repercussions in the sense that uh, how uh, Mr. Modi, when he was the chief minister of Gujarat, how he handled uh, the violence there in 2002. And there could have been reaction to that. And there are some interviews Mr. Narendra Modi had given as chief minister to journalists, there are about six or seven of them, and they are not fully given in the, in the, in the documentary, but quotes are there, some short quotes from the reaction of Mr. Gandhi to various situations which took place, his reactions. Now, nobody knew that what exactly the, the, the documentary was showing. Some people saw it, in bits and pieces like you have, most of the, peop most of the people said that there was nothing uh, very offensive shown there. They were just recalling what had happened in 2002. And of course, there were two, three, some unfortunate incidents which they were also shown, like uh, what was the name of that lady who, who was, whose body was found there uh, one night. And there were two, three other uh, uh, people who exchange fire with the police in, in in the night. So I don't know whether they were showing that or not. The only thing was that one thing was one thing was the the G20 it was going to take place, and it was the first time that India became the head. Modi became the head. It's a great triumph for him that the man who just became uh, a chief minister in two thousand. And um, before that, he was nothing. And now he's a prime minister. And not only the prime minister, he's the head of the G20. So they, would, they don't want to take any chances where... But all is surely, surely the G... Satish, the G20 uh, leaders could have seen the documentary separately. So that I don't yes. think could be a problem. But no, uh, they, no, definitely... No how, can, no, how can they see the documentary unless they made an effort to find it? 
it was the documentary was only sent to India. It wasn't sent to the whole world. I checked with them. No, no, but that apart. My point is that uh, the G20 uh, campaign also suggests that we are the mother of democracy. So surely, in a democracy, these kind of things don't happen, right? That's true, but. Um, we are a democratic country. Mr. Modi has several times mentioned that we are one of the best democratic uh, government in the world. Uh, he he does not. He says he favors. In fact, I have heard his statements many times where he has cautioned the BBC, uh, uh, the BJP cadres, and uh, saying that that should be generous with with other Indians who are not Hindu. And uh, uh, be kind to them and be friendly with them. He has said two, three, four times. So he is trying to say that we are a democratic country where every citizen, uh, no matter what religion he is, they are all equal to each other. So that's what he has been saying. But we know, unfortunately, there have been some incidents where we saw that the raids are particularly against one particular community and not very selective. They don't do it with everybody else. So we all know that. But at the same time, Mr. Modi is conscious of the fact that we are a democracy and we should be uh, treated as a democratic uh, uh, country. And he's very conscious of that. So I only hope that there are differences. There are some communities which they feel that they're not treated as well as the Hindu community. There are many parties who feel that... Um, BJP has priority. Other other political parties don't have that priority. So all these things are there. But even then, we are still maintain that we are a democracy. And maybe Mr. Modi was a bit worried about the reputation of the country. So he, he is very cautious that there shouldn't be anything amiss so that people can point their fingers at our leaders to say that you say you are a democratic country, but you are not practicing democracy. So that is one thing. Tell me, in your vast career as a journalist with the BBC, did you uh, see, uh, I'm sure you saw moments in which you, the BBC offended the government of the day. Uh, how did the government of the day react? I know that in 1975, Mrs. Gandhi threw out... Uh, uh, the BBC's correspondent, Mark Tully. But otherwise, in general, how did the governments of the day react when they went to them and they said, Bhai, you people are really getting out of hand? Do you recall? Well, uh, there, yes, there, there, there were a few incidents. But in Mark Tully's case, let me make it clear that uh, the reason was that the information broadcasting minister, central minister, uh, visited Mark Tully in his office in Delhi and he gave him uh, a piece of paper, said, read it. And uh, that piece of paper said that uh, that you have to agree. It was a paper, it was an agreement. And he said that you, you agree that before you broadcast any news, you will get it uh, clear by the information broadcasting uh, ministry. And Mark Tully read the thing and he said to uh, Mr. Shukla, who was the uh, information broadcast minister, who had come to see Mark, and he said, Mr. Shukla, I'm sorry, I'm not allowed to sign this agreement with you because we will not allow you to 
to censor our news. That was in and the emergency. Shukla, that was during the emergency. Yeah, emergency. And then Mr. Shukla said, sorry, if you don't agree, then you have to close down and we will not allow you to operate. And Matali closed down everything and he went back to England. And for a few months, BBC did not function. But after some time, I don't know what happened, but Mr. Gandhi decided to lift that ban. Um, and the BBC started functioning again after a few months. But that was one thing I remember. Uh, many people I have, I have read in newspapers, many people say that BBC was banned by Mr. Gandhi twice. I don't remember when, when was the second time. I don't remember. But I do remember that during the emergency, uh, Mark Tully was asked to agree to this censorship and he, he did not agree and they had to close down. Did, but do you remember government officials or ministers telling you on a personal friendly level to yeah, BBC is getting out of hand? No, never, never. Absolutely. No. I, can, I tell you, I never, nobody ever said it, whether it was the ruling party or the opposition party. But there are some individuals did discuss saying that, you know, you, you are blunt and you are, you don't get your facts right. You're not always you're not always very correct. So those, those things happen. They're human things that people argue with you. Some believe that you are open and fair. Some people say, no, no, you're not fair. Like we were always compared the treatment the Pakistanis got from the BBC and the, the treatment the Indians got from the BBC. But I did go to Pakistan also, and I found the Pakistanis saying that you chaps, uh, BBC uh, in India is, is much more freer than us. Here, uh, we, the BBC very intolerant, and they were unpopular. But they never stopped them either. So we, we found that kind of thing in, even in Sri Lanka and Bangladesh. But no individual ever said Sorry? to you, Satish, yeah, what is this? No, no, no. No one said, nobody complained. And you never felt threatened? No, I never felt threatened. Never, never. One that's, incident that's, that's, Yeah. Now tell me, uh, Satish, in your, uh, now I'm counting on your experience as a journalist, uh, not uh, in your uh, insights as a senior man. What is the message of this uh, raid or survey or whatever you want to call it? What is the broader message to the media? Well, I think there is no proper message in the raid. They, uh, they, they were, they, they wanted to take some action against the BBC uh, because of the documentary. And unfortunately, what happened? That two or three universities, the students insisted on on seeing the documentary. And um, uh, like Jawaharlal Nehru University students saw the documentary, and then it was banned. Then the Delhi University also showed the documentary once or twice. I think they only they showed the first part, not the second part. But there was no Correct. reaction from the government against the BBC at that time. But they said that nobody should see this. We are, it is banned. They said it, the, the documentary is banned and you are not allowed to see it. So it was not no, shown. But, uh, is there a broader message to the media? If you get out of hand, uh, this is what will happen. I wouldn't go to that level. But you have to be careful. But there is no broader message as such. Okay, look, if you are not careful, you will be treated badly or you will, you will have to pay, pay the price for it. 
but we all know that uh, especially with mr modi as the prime minister and, and bjp is ruling party because they are very powerful there is hardly any opposition to, to bjp so and they have the uh, supreme court on their side they have got the enforcement directorate on their side they can raid anywhere they have like uh, as i said rahul and sonia were summoned by the by the people uh, a few or national herald thing you remember yes yeah, they, they and they were they were grilled for four five days but nothing after they were they were allowed to go back and then everything became normal again there was no punishment so i don't know i only hope that uh, we should be proud to say that our country is really a democratic free country and the media is free to criticize even the government but let us see whether that day comes or not well i must say satish uh, having known you for such a long time you are a man of great experience insight and may i say wisdom you are hedging your bets uh, but akalman ko ishara ka kafi hai as you said so if you were a journalist sitting in the bbc office today what would your reaction be to this particular i would have been day? i would have been worried about my mobile phone and my my laptop because uh, this stuff i'm after the raid was over or i should not say it was a raid Uh, survey 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 was over i tried to get in touch with bbc people i know and to this day about a week now all the time everybody i called the only recorded message can sorry the telephone is busy there nothing else sorry the telephone is busy i've not been able to talk to them i don't know whether they have got their telephone back or are they in business again i have no idea so that itself is something that handicaps you doesn't it yes of course it does it does yes i know the i know the feeling so i may say having gone through part of that experience myself but uh, satish uh, jacob uh, old war hand old journalist old uh, old only in age a uh, man of great uh, experience with the bbc a really familiar name way back when he was practicing with the bbc office in delhi thank you so much for joining us today uh sridhar thank you very much for giving me a chance to talk to you on your program yeah we'll be back again next week till then from me sridhar bhatia and the rest of the wire talks team goodbye goodbye you can check out this podcast and other interesting ones on the wire website the ivm podcast website app or wherever else that you get your podcasts goodbye from me siddharth bhatia and the wire talks podcast team